This week, you broke my fucking cigar with Vampires vs. Zombies. This is Body Counts and Beer. Hello and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I am a very broken John Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> Zombie <And> Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight we are talking about a movie you've never seen. <laughs> and you- that you can't see. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, a movie uh, probably in the pantheon of other great versus movies like Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs or Cowboys vs. Aliens. We're One talking of those of- was a major motion picture. The other was on Netflix. This came from a dark, dark memory <laughs> hole belonging to one John Rooney. Ladies I bought it at a media play that was going out of business. And for the record, I've never even heard of that store. Oh, buddy, it was a lot like the uh, the the souvenir shop from Gremlins. <laughs> Just, they, they tried to warn me of this cursed object, but it was exactly what my grown-up son wanted for Christmas. <laughs> I, uh, well, the movie we watched, because we haven't said the name, <laughs> is Vampires vs. Zombies. <laughs> a movie that features no vampires versus zombies. <laughs> no, there, not true. There is one balls-to-the-wall action scene that we'll get to Ugh. where a vampire versus a zombie. Now, Vampires vs. Zombies is a film by Vince D'Amato. <laughs> creepy, creepy six films. Uh, now, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know, then I'll tell you more. Uh, it was based on the classic 1872 novel Carmilla by J. Sheridan Le Fenier. Uh, it uh, it was released by the Asylum eventually when it was released makers of such mockbusters as Transmorphers um, like Subtrauma yes yeah uh, I want to tell you before we continue I want to (laughs) go this movie has what I would consider to be mixed reviews (laughs) by which I mean they're all bad but the way they're described is mixed (laughs) so according to according to Dr. Gore the film demonstrates love that guy yeah the the film demonstrates grade Z incompetence (laughs) and he gives that's that's good though because incompetence is bad so if you have bad incompetence isn't that good well he also gives it what's called a landfill rating so I don't know what that means Uh, moving on Wooden Spoon you know that one website we all watch Wooden Spoon describes the film's script as abominable and <laughs> and opines that it is worse than Troll 2. Ooh, a is. movie that got its own documentary called Best Worst Film. Nice. Now, I would argue that the makers of Best Worst Film did not see Vampires vs. Zombies. I would argue... that is the Best Worst Film. Oh, gosh. You're right. Uh, <laughs> movie House commentary reflects that the actors deliver their lines with the unnatural inflections of small-time appliance store owners <laughs> doing their own local TV commercials. No, 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 no. Those guys are excited to be here. <laughs> These... Those guys have emotions, even if they are showing them poorly. That's true, because usually, like, the local appliance store guys, they're one of two guys. They're the, like, the down-home, like... Come on down to Jerry's Appliance Store. Yeah. Come buy yourself a reel-to-reel hi-fi. And you know what? 
every kid gets a pair. Yeah. <laughs> or Bob Rorman Auto Dealership. <laughs> well, I was going to say, other than that, it's like the crazy guy. Yeah. Like, how you doing? I'm crazy Mikey. Come on down to my appliance store. We got all the blenders. It's <laughs> like screaming like a Crazy Batman. Mikey would have really made this movie a lot better. This movie needed a crazy Mikey. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. This movie was already packed to the brim with uh, the general and zombie slayer. Uh, yeah. Jake Schaefer zombie slayer. <laughs> Who has exactly one scene where he slays no zombies. I swear to God, if his business card does not say zombie slayer, he's a real missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah absolutely. This is my got the title card for it. This is my favorite review. This is from Something Awful, an actual website. <laughs> a dot com and everything. Vince D'Amato took a premise that was basically guaranteed to make his movie an instant hit with the indie horror crowd in spite of his non-existent budget. And he fucked it until it bled. Oh, God. <laughs> the resulting wretched, scarred, abused, tortured victim of a movie is an unwatchable 70 minutes of shattered homes uh, and broken dreams. Yeah. First off, it's uh, 87 minutes. Well, clearly he didn't watch the director's cut. Holy shit. <laughs> John, what if you've had the director's cut this whole time? Oh, my God. Yeah, wow. we found the uh, Creepy Six Films website and discovered that there was both a theatrical release and a director's cut. Why, yes, you can get them in a limited edition hand-numbered DVD pack. <laughs> For the very reasonable price of, don't look at the price, you will not want to buy it. Yeah, so that let me just say this. If you want to watch this movie, you cannot. <laughs> it will take... I mean, I did find it on some disreputable uh, online streaming websites. So if you got f- firm antivirus software and pop-up blockers, b- maybe take a look. But I, 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 I guarantee you when we're done here, you'll want to plunk down the $40 or whatever to Vince D'Amato and have Because <laughs> it's... It is bad, but it is gloriously bad. This movie deserves to be mentioned in the same breath as Troll 2 and The Room and Birdemic and Miami Connection. All these films. Sharknado. Sharknado. Well, Sharknado, unfortunately, has... That's like an on-purpose bad movie, which (laughs) just makes it boring. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, Vampires vs. Zombies. God, where to even start? It begins... Like all movies do, <laughs> with uh, it's a moon with a, uh, a lady, yeah, an out of focus moon, an out of focus moon, and then a, uh, a maybe a dream sequence of a lady uh, arising uh, above another lady into her nether regions to to per- presumably to perform some manner of cunnilingus, as it is based off Carmilla, the lesbian vampire. Uh, it then cuts to uh, that same lady who's about to have Cunnilingus performed upon her in a car with her dad, who's there driving around. Her dad looks like a, a homeless man's Rob Corddry yeah. with a concaved chest. It's concave. It bends in. Now, he's, yeah, he's got a he's got a Christian Bale in the machinist physique. This yeah. is also very much uh, a road movie, a travelogue, if you will. So it is vital that we uh, get two things right out of the way. First off. They filmed each car sequence by putting the car in neutral and allowing it to gently coast along. (laughs) No car goes faster than a speed of uh, three feet per hour. 
Well, yeah, uh, keep it safe, guys. Exactly, exactly. Uh, number two is that the film goes out of its way to show you as many car doors opening and then closing as humanly possible. Well, it's an easy half an hour of car doors. Lest you ever have the question as an audience member, but wait, how did they get into or out of that car? Oh, uh, you won't. <laughs> this this movie has more, like, doors opening and closing than, like, a community theater version of Noises Off. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like a 60s sex farce. Like, everyone's <laughs> busting in and out of things. Uh, the big deal with this movie being a road movie is that 90% of it takes place inside cars because it was the only set they could afford. Yeah. Uh, except for a gas station. A uh, basement. Yeah. And a school lobby. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. They get that school lobby. I guess there was a motel, but I guess that could have, like, doubled as a, like, green room slash makeup trailer. Yeah, there's definitely a seedy motel scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one of those, like, $20 by the hour kind of motels. Yeah. So they filmed all the scenes in under an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying just the hotel scenes. I mean everything in this oh, movie yeah. was filmed under an now, hour. This is classic Woody Allen one-take work right here. <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, Scorsese-esque long shots yeah, as well. of people Sure, but at the same doors. time, very, very Michael Bay-esque editing. A very just quick and kinetic. Yeah. I.e. just shoving in random insert shots of pine trees and people walking up to doors and someone getting out of a door, then that other person continuing to walk up to a door, then that person finally getting out of a door. God There's also damn like, it. uh, a lot of doors. Sophia Coppola inspired sequences of calm meditation, but without the music budget to make it at all engaging. And also Sophia Coppola inspired acting skills. <laughs> <laughs> By which we mean Sophia Coppola from Godfather 3. Absolutely. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Why are you ooing that? <laughs> even Sick she, burn, even, Sophia Coppola. Well, even she's admitted she didn't want to do the movie. Her dad made her happen. <laughs> Winona Ryder was supposed to play the part. She bailed at the last minute, probably because she could smell a dookie fire from a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> and Sophia was just like, Sophia, get in there. And she's just like, but dad, I don't want I want to make movies. Shut up! <laughs> I gotta. Don't make, you know who the fuck I am? I gotta make up for all those losses I took building American Zotrope, then pouring tens of millions of dollars into a horseshit musical that nobody cared about. <laughs> That's why I'm gonna make Jack in a few years. <laughs> uh, all hundred percent true. Moving yeah. on. Uh, so this movie kind of begins. We get a little bit of weird, like radio narration of a guy talking about. Oh no, I'm sorry. Before that happens, the movie movie begins with these guys driving in a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Yeah. By the way, all the cars in this movie are, uh, most of the cars are Jeeps. Two out of the three cars are Jeeps. Yeah, you've got the uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee, the other Jeep, and then the one Mustang. Yeah, yeah, don't get the wrong idea. Jeep did not pay for product placement in this movie. If all, anything, they very well might have like asked them to take their cars out. Yeah, no, yeah. that's the thing. All other car manufacturers gave him money not to promote <laughs> their products in this I film. I have to assume that these cars belong to the actors in question. I have to assume these actors cannot afford those cars. I have to assume that these actors have regular jobs because they sure as shit aren't living on acting. I have to assume a lot about this movie because none of it is clear. <laughs> I have to assume that it is a movie because I watched it. And it's questionable. <laughs> yeah. So the movie. Yeah, I gotta say, like, 90% of the reason why I suggested this movie for our spooky Halloween episode is uh, strictly so that I could have uh, confirmation from other people that this actually happened. <laughs> Not only did it happen, 
But uh, it, it, but well, I don't know. Did it no. happen? It could have. Guys, guys, the hallucination. Yeah, let's get our story straight and dive plumb the depths okay, of this I, labyrinthian okay. plot. I just want to say that I'm pretty sure that my high school drama teacher had the camera that this was shot on. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like a pro scan, uh, high eight yeah. TV can. And uh, I think that this movie would have benefited from my high school drama teacher Sony Vio. <laughs> <laughs> I think this movie would have benefited from some sound equipment <laughs> because boy, is it hard to hear a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of lines are just talked through car mirrors. As if, like, they're not meant to block out sound. <laughs> so the movie begins. We get our first zombie pretty early on. Uh, you know he's a zombie because he's wearing work gloves. Uh, the budget for this movie is obviously so little that they could not afford to do makeup on both face and hands. There will be a sequence in this movie featuring a horde of zombies where they just stop applying zombie makeup to the actors. Well, they run out. Yeah. Because <laughs> the zombie makeup is, this, near as I can tell, a dark green paint and maybe some cornflakes yeah, stuck to your skin. Like Definitely that. some latex on that. Yeah, well... I but, think they actually... But by latex, I mean, like, ripped up gloves that yeah, they just glued yeah. to their face. I yeah. think I think the they actually built up the mask using just spirit gum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then painted over it <laughs> so the movie, with nail polish. It opens up with uh, our first zombie. He gets run over by a car. <laughs> we hear the most, the worst sound design I've ever heard. It literally makes the same sound three times. Yeah. Once when it's hit, once when it rolls over the top of the car, then the head flies off, lands on the ground, and once again. And then the movie goes to black and we get our opening credit sequence. Oh, God. Cut to a green sky. Yeah. with It's like a weird green lettering, like spooky Halloween lettering uh, with this uh, sub-rob zombie industrial sludge metal. Uh, I'm Shrab Rombie. <laughs> I'll do all of your music for booze money, please. Yeah. Uh, I don't, John. That wasn't Canadian enough. Yeah, that's <laughs> clearly problem. made in Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> out in the woods someday. Oh hey, how you doing? I'm a uh, I'm Ron Zombie. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. coming in here. Uh, I work for Timbits or maybe some poutine if you got it. I can undercut that guy as Shrab Rombie. I'll vote. I'll work for a pat on the back. Well, you know <laughs> uh, that's what we're gonna do. I mean, I'll. Uh, I'll just work for free. You don't even have to look at me. I'll just uh, do my thing and then leave, and then uh, we'll just consider it a day's work. I'll work for you punching me in the face. Well, I can't beat that. Go with that guy. (laughs) I did it. Ma, I did it. I landed a jet. No, it's me. It's Shrab. Shrab Rambi. Your son. Mama, I'm your son. (laughs) Oh, no. Shrab Rambi's life is so sad. Yeah, he hasn't even done the music for Zombies vs. Vampires yet. Uh, All right, let me crack this out. Oh, man, that was way better than the music in the movie. The music in the movie was a bunch of, like, shitty, like, speed metal corn riffs. It was just like, and then weird, like, wiki, 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 in the background. Because they forgot that new metal died in 2001 when they made this in 2004. Uh, I think DJ Lethal might have played on this too. That's how bad it is. Um, maybe Wes Borland was doing guitar work. Limp Bizkit, you're welcome. Moving on. <laughs> Movie continues. 
They've run over a zombie. His head exploded to cause no damage to their car. The next time we see them, they're just listening to the radio. Yeah, man, no biggie. They don't even they don't even comment on driving through that guy. Well, because they've they've listened to the uh, the very eloquently put in uh, radio exposition that. I gotta say, it was so subtle that I didn't even realize I was learning something. <laughs> it basically is just like, yeah, there's a, there's a, some kind of infection going around, and uh, people got cannibals. Sympt- it's uh, flu-like symptoms from this sickness. Uh, symptoms also include cannibalism and murder. And that's when the lines ended, and the actor just turned to Vince D'Amato and said... I never heard of murder as a symptom, but I don't know. I'm just reading this as it comes in. <laughs> oh, my God. And they kept that for the movie. Well, yeah. they kept everything for this movie. There are bloops and goofs galore. The only thing that is left on the cutting room floor is Vince D'Amato standing in front of the, the, the camera going, Action! And then him running in front of the camera going, <laughs> Cut! Great job, everybody! <laughs> And then that's it. That's all that was cut out. Uh, and I'm surprised they were that intelligent. Um, so they drive... Yeah, the- there's no boom mics in the frame because there's just no, no boom, boom mics. mics. Nope. <laughs> they just have like a one big like... get have like an 80s like ghetto blaster like speaker. They just reverse the polarity on <laughs> the speakers to become microphones. And they recorded it directly into a tape that was running on it that used to have please hammer don't hurt him on it. Oh, what a waste of please hammer don't hurt him. Oh, I know, it was such a great album. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it had that awesome hammer song, Pray. Yeah. Which which he sampled fucking When Doves Cry, guys. Yeah, MC Hammer fucking sampled When Doves hey, Cry. You, we, and Prince was like, yeah, man, do it. He was Hammer, right? Nobody said no to Hammer. He was MC Hammer. He didn't become Hammer until too legit to quit. That's fair. And the reason it took me so long to say that is because I was remembering how to do the hand gestures at the same time. It's very complicated. It's yeah, very hard. No, it really was. You got to be on the right side, otherwise the L's backwards. Yeah, exactly. it's messed up. Yeah. So, anyways, this is a movie we watched. <laughs> You've messed up. Uh, they're pulled over by a lady who's got a car. She's got one lady bounding gag in her back seat, and then a real happy lady in the front seat. Yeah, uh, there is supposed to be. Uh, uh, this is a multi generational tale of fathers and daughters, mothers and daughters, daughters and strangers, strangers and daughters. Every actor is the exact same age, except for except for the the, the brunette who stops their car. She is played by Brinky Stevens. Oh God, we'll get to her backstory, her real life backstory later on. Yes. That's what we call a tease in the fake radio business. Uh, she's the only actor in this movie who's been in other movies and has like her own Wikipedia page oh, at IMDb. She yeah. has earned it. Yeah. So they <laughs> stop the car. Uh, Baldy comes out and he's just like, "Hey, what's going on?" She's like, "This one's infected in the back. My sister is this other girl's my, my daughter, daughter, and her name's Carmilla. You have to take her." And he's just like, "All right, seems reasonable to me." And he just let's does. Do Who am I to question the script? Yeah. Well, let's not. <laughs> There's so then they had, they end up uh, at a gas station. Yes, uh, uh, Baldy, who I don't know the name of. They just call him Mr. Fontaine in the movie. So we've got Mr. Fontaine, we've got uh, Daughter Fontaine, and we've got Carmilla. 
It's very important that we keep the traveling parties straight. Yeah. Because there's a caravan at one point in this film that is very important to the logic of the sequence. <laughs> I guess. Ish. So they get to this gas station. Uh, they there walk are in. missing girl posters up everywhere for a beauty queen that has gone missing. I guess a la Twin Peaks. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. She, she was probably talking to those um, uh, Quebec guys. The, the Michael. Oh, Jacques Renault. Yeah, that, yeah. That and then Michael Parks. Yeah, as the other Renault. Yeah, shit, guys, let's watch some Twin Peaks. I mean, I'm all right. I'd be all right with that. <laughs> I gotta say, and I will never ever say this about anything else ever again. But Twin Peaks would have a better soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) You you don't like? No, I do not like some guy holding notes for several minutes on a synthesizer. Oh God! What I love is in the in the DVD for the Gold Box edition of Twin Peaks, they've got an interview with uh, Angelo Berla, blah blah blah, whatever his last name is. The guy, the guy who did the music for Twin Peaks, and he literally was talking about. Yeah, I was in an office with David Lynch, and he was telling me, like, oh, there's some wind in the trees. So I just started playing these chords, and that was the music. Oh, boy, it sounds like it. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Patrick. How do you feel about the saddest 50s songs ever? Because <laughs> that's the rest of the soundtrack to Twin Peaks. <laughs> I like sad 50s songs. Guys, oh, I... Well, they're not cool sad 50s no. songs oh. like He's a Rebel or, like, oh. you know, Dead Man's Curve or, no. like, Where Oh Where Is My Baby Go? Yeah. No. They're like really sad songs where it's just like like the songs that are just like they're 1950s. when he hits me it feels like a kiss Ooh. those kind of songs you yeah know. they're they're Ooh. 1950s style songs written in the 1990s with a TV budget Ooh. Yeah. yeah it's pretty rough Yikes. anyway I love there's Twin a Beats. reason I bailed on that series <laughs> you should check out the return it's actually real good yeah. I love that you bailed on Twin Peaks but you hung in there on Millennium <laughs> <laughs> hey I bailed by the third season there's only two seasons guys I. I think this movie might have actually been made by uh, David Lynch if he was dropped on his head. It has the tonal consistency of a David Lynch movie with none of the talent. I think it was just made by the weird lizard baby from Eraserhead. That's what you're saying. <laughs> so, anyways, they go into a gas station. There's missing person poster for a beauty queen. The guy behind the counter uh, is reading the Bible. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then we do the lotsy of him being a shitty gas station guy. And nobody in this entire movie understands how gas stations work. Yeah, also, nobody in this movie understands that I think this scene is supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah, because Baldy Fontaine comes in yeah. and he's just like, I want to get, he's like, are your pumps open? And the guy's like, it's a gas station, isn't it? Yeah. And he's like, well, can I get some gas? Whatever you want. <laughs> he's like, all right, I'll be back after and, I pump the gas. And then like. The, the, the camera cuts. Key is like on a whole wheel. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, without the tire. It's just the whole wheel. Yeah, Carmilla asks to use the bathroom, and the guy's like, "Yep, it's around back to the right." And she's like, "Well, is there a key?" As he like lifts up this entire hubcap. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's like the rasp that you attach to the key so nobody runs off with it. She leaves, then a... a but wo- she leaves and it cuts to Fontaine pumping gas just so that we're not confused about, but where did the gas come from? Right. We'll need that information later. Sure. <laughs> then uh, then Bob shows up. Bob is a woman with, with a, a dog. dog. With a dog. 
Uh, who, the dog is the best performer in the entire film. Yeah, dog's pretty good. Hits his mark every time. Every yeah, time. he's a good real work, Telly. Yeah. He's he's tough to work with because he cares too much. But you know what? You can't argue with the results. Yeah. 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 Obviously, when uh, what's his name? That one old uh, that old timey comedian guy said, "Don't work with kids or pets." He never worked with that pet. What's his Who name? Who was that guy? Not Fatty Arbuckle, the other one, the other fat one. Oh, uh, W.C. Fields? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. He was just like, I'll tell you, you never work with kids or animals. And But he obviously didn't meet Telly because this dog is fucking great. True. That's Charisma true. jumping off the charts. Yeah. He's like Pops a, off the screen. Like a young Brando. He's so engaged. Oh, unfortunately, he's got a terrible kibble habit, so yeah. you only get him on set for like an hour before he, you know, like goes a little downhill. And gets the shakes. Worse than that, he's only in like 30 seconds of this movie. Again, because he went on a raging bender yeah. halfway through. That's it is fair. very clear that many sequences in this film were meant to feature the dog prominently, uh, but they had to shoot around it. Yeah. You could verify that, but I know you won't, listener, because you can't find this movie without paying for it. Again, uh, so now we're in the gas station. Bob uh, gives a trinket to... An amulet. A, an amulet to uh, to uh, uh, daughter, daughter Fontaine. Fontaine. Jenna. Jenna. Her name is Jenna. 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 And Jenna says, this looks important. Was this handmade? It was made by hand, but not by me. That's not the question. So it was a gift? Yes. Good inference, Jenna. <laughs> I don't know how this, you got there, but I liked it, and it was right. This, this movie constantly takes whole paragraphs <laughs> to say one, like, thing. Like, it's absolutely insane the yeah. way the dialogue is structured. And I guarantee it was so he could get it to feature length for Academy consideration. No, not Academy consideration for those sweet, sweet tax breaks. Yeah. Right, right. Those sweet, sweet tax breaks. Uh, so Jenna won't take the amulet because she thinks that it's too valuable. She couldn't yeah. possibly. It looks like... A third grader's art project that just came out of the kiln in sleepaway camp. Right. How many third graders are using fucking kilns, John? Well, they give it to the counselor, and the counselor puts it in the kiln, you dum-dum. What kind of... This clearly is a public school camp. They couldn't afford a kiln. <laughs> yeah, because they don't make public school camps. That's not a thing. I yeah. went to a public school. We went to no, sixth grade no, camp. No, no. no, your parents Mark. just dropped you off at the school and left you there. That's called week. summer school. It's probably because you failed something. <laughs> it was during the year, and everybody went. We did orienteering and horseback riding, and I was thrown off the back of a horse. Did you all fail? <laughs> no, the horse failed by throwing me to the ground and then stepping on me. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, and then you never played Superman again. Oh, too soon. Because <laughs> of Chris Reeves' paralyzation joke? Yikes. Yeah. Right. Wow. <laughs> Uh, I think for that, I'm going to have to donate some money to stem cell research. I think for that, I'm going to challenge you both to Mortal Kombat. Can we just watch Mortal, Mortal Kombat? Kombat again? <laughs> no, that was great. No, there's a, there's a two. We can watch two. We can watch Annihilation. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the ga- she eventually, Bob uh, whispers into God. Jenna's ear something. Uh, the audience is not privy no. to. Right. Very, very lost in translation. Yeah. This movie is very much about setting up and paying off mysteries. Sure. That's the entire structure of this. Is you're never quite sure what's going on, and when you get the answer, you're angry and then a little bit more confused. I'll grant you that. Uh, so anyway, she gives her the little trinket. Carmilla comes back lugging the wheel behind. She's like, can you help me open the door? And the guy's like, 
The key Ooh. turns to the right. Well, then can you hold this 50-pound hubcap while I turn the key to the right? Ooh, she really hit turn, and she that's really where did. The, the flavor was in the line. Exactly. Yeah. Then yeah. he does. You always want to emphasize your action verbs. Definitely. Yeah. That's uh, acting rule number one. Mm-hmm. Baldy Fontaine comes back in. There's a little bit of hubbub. Guy comes back. He wipes the back of his neck. There's blood on his towel. Which nobody gives a Which shit about. he puts right on the counter in full view of everybody. Nobody pays any attention. Instead, they're just outraged at the cost of the gas. It's so high. It's like, guy, he's like, $48. He's like, and like, all I'm thinking is, guys, it's a zombie apocalypse. Everybody knows that there's zombies running around. It's been on the news. Of course gas is expensive. <laughs> right. It's just, it's amazing that this gas station is even open. Yeah, and not only that, not only is it open, but clearly lots of people have asked him if they're open, yeah. because his response is so shitty. <laughs> Just like this movie, so shitty. So, he says, you know, that'll be $48, and he's like, oh man, that's a lot of money, and he's like, well then you can go to the competition next time that's 160 miles the other way, which doesn't matter. 160 miles is 160 <laughs> miles, regardless of the direction. Sure. Well, yeah. anyways, then so they, they they barter a little. They don't barter as much as explain how change works. Yeah, and then we get a really long sequence of him putting money in his wallet. <laughs> well, we assume it's his wallet. We see him putting money off camera. <laughs> But I'm assuming that the budget for the film precludes <laughs> them stuff having in there, though. That guy's like, it's like he can't do it. Do you get the ramrod? Yeah, he's like, he's packing it like a goddamn musket. <laughs> yeah. So, so they, our, they our three protagonists leave. Uh, Bob remains. Bob goes up to the gas station attendant. Uh, gas station attendant grumpily looks up from his Bible reading to say, What is it, Bob? And she pulls a pistol on him and puts it in his A face. Desert Eagle, no less. A yeah. big Desert Eagle 45. <laughs> then we cut to, uh, I believe, the general? <laughs> no, we cut, no. To, we cut to miles away, the car that our three characters oh, right. are in. Hearing hear the gunshot. A gunshot. Uh, Daughter Fontaine says, what's that? Carmilla shrugs. Carmilla takes the amulet that uh, Bob gave her, throws it on the floor, Tries to stomp on it, but misses the first time. Yes. Yeah, and then hits it the second time yeah. and third time because they only made one amulet. And, and it grinds. They had to use it. Yeah, and it grinds like cheap chalk. Yeah. Uh, real it bad. Really, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure that amulet is like one of those sugar candies you get at like Day of the Dead. Oh, okay. Right. Like rock candy? Yeah, like a sugar, uh, sugar skull. Oh, okay. So that makes sense, I guess. Or they had just, like, accidentally left a package of nerds outside in a rainstorm. Right. And that's what came together. together. Though that would have been a lot harder for her to break. So now we cut to possibly the greatest character in cinema history. Move over, Han Solo. Take a backseat, Lando Calrissian. You get the fuck out of here, Indiana Jones. Decker, more like, see you later. We've got... The General. Now, before we continue, I just want to make sure you're not confused. This is not the general that sells you insurance Though he's on daytime close. TV. This he's is not. Close. This is also not the car from Dukes of Hazard, which is super racist. No, no. this is uh, uh, an old man who looks like with if, a Santa Claus beard. Yeah, well, he looks like if Kenny Rogers 
and Santa Claus had a drunken meth orgy. And then when they were done, they got Cronenberg into the same body. <laughs> That's what happened. Uh, and, yeah, and Kenny he, Rogers was going to test out the teleporter, but a rogue Santa Claus flew in the chamber. <laughs> exactly, yeah. With a little bit of, like, Harvey Weinstein misogyny just thrown in oh, there, too. Oh, boy. Uh, a lot of slap yeah. acting. Oh, it's a real gross. Uh, he, he's just driving around. He gets uh, stopped <laughs> by... Uh, uh, no, he hits another zombie. Oh, that's right. Because we've got zombie. the dumb show of the construction worker zombie who has been separated from police zombie and sailor zombie in their zombie YMCA group. Yeah, they, this movie clearly follows the George Romero school of zombies, specifically from uh, the original Dawn of the Dead. Where they're ghouls. Where, and also where every zombie clearly was turned into a zombie while they were at work. Yeah. yeah. And in uniform. Right. So this construction worker zombie uh, climbs out of a poo pipe under a bridge, <laughs> yeah. drops his helmet, picks his helmet back up and puts it on, then climbs up the poo pipe on <laughs> To the road. Onto the road. Then Crip walks away, <laughs> where he is promptly run over by the general. <laughs> the zombie purposefully hits him with like a Ford Taurus. Yeah, no, I, I believe it's a. Um, you think it's a Chevy Malibu? It might be a Chevy. I Malibu, was thinking it might yeah. be a Chevy Malibu, but I couldn't tell. By it me. also could be a uh, a Ford. Um, what's the? Uh, oh, the Lumina. Or no, a Caprice maybe. Oh, the Caprice. Yeah. yeah. So this it's, this it's an old decrepit cop car. Yeah. Yeah, this shatters his windshield but exponentially raises his spirits as he yells, "Woohoo! Yeah. Burn in hell! Burn <laughs> in hell!" Pull on Yosemite Sam about this whole business. <laughs> yeah. The zombie, by the way, is not dead, just bleeding pulsedly out of the face. Right. Yeah, and the blood isn't so much, like, red as it is, like, a, a very light pink. I'm pretty sure it's, I like... Think it's, it's ketchup like, and water. I, no, I, I think, think it's strawberry Kool-Aid. Yeah, I think he was... The actor was drinking a Capri Sun while they were putting his latex makeup on, and some of it just got stuck in his cheeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, most of the liquids in this movie, I think, are probably uh, 80s or 90s juice box related. <laughs> it's the thinnest, saddest blood you'll ever see. Oh, yeah. God, yes. Uh, so cut back to the gas station where our gas station attend. Uh, no, yeah. Our, yeah, you get back to the gas yeah, station. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, a wandering 1970s New Zealander in yeah. a bright yellow Jeep pulls up to the gas station, knowing how gas works in this world, does not start to fill his tank, but no. rather goes directly into the gas station first, presumably to ask if their pumps are running, and then having some, like, cool prank call punchline, I guess? Yeah, instead there's a dead body of Bob... With, a, with the Desert Eagle jammed in her mouth, she's not holding it. It's just in her mouth, mouth yeah. upside down. The New Zealander uh, just loots her body for gold and Not stuff. only loots her body, but first just, oh, jeez, oh, God. And then touches her open wound and then is surprised that it's wet. Right? I don't like that. That's not nice. <laughs> and then he Let's see what she's got there in the wallet. Yeah, wow, look at that. A little bit of little dollar bills. I like that. I'm right, gonna go put some gas in the can and then we'll uh, we'll have a good time. This so is he, a pretty good Murray from Flight of Concord. You got you. running there. Thank you. Nice. He runs out and starts panickedly filling up his gas tank because you know what? 
he stopped for gas. Hey. He's gonna get gas. Well, yeah, and everyone knows the more insistent you are at the pump, <laughs> the faster the gas comes out. True, true. So who should uh, spook him up other than the gas station attendant who... Something seems not quite right about this particular fella. Probably the Alka-Seltzer that's foaming out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. And the New Zealander, you know, you got a dead body in there, mate. A dead body. 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 Very like, yeah. hard to take the scene seriously. Yeah. I know. I just figure, you know, what the hell. Oh, I know. You're not paid to do things like this. I get it. It's not really your job. Yeah, she gave me the bite. Because I guess that's how conversations work now. And then it's, it's like a competition sure. to be yeah. mo- less uh, sensical than I, the last person. I'm not entirely sure that the person who wrote this movie <laughs> has ever experienced human conversation. Whoa, whoa. Patrick, are you saying this movie was written? I mean, I. <laughs> <laughs> Only. A, yeah, because improv is not this bad. Yeah, no. No, no, no. Aren't, you can't make up talking this way. <laughs> aren't, you, aren't you sure they just didn't have, like, copies of this, like, 200 year old book? And then just <laughs> sat there and go. All right, I got the gist. Let's do this. No, no here's here's no. what happened. Vince D'Amato, the writer director of this film, is in fact writer director producer writer director producer editor uh, was actually the newborn baby that uh, Freud requested <laughs> so that he could sequester the child in absolute solitude and see what truly happens, nature or nurture. He was then released into the world, given a camera and a budget, and told, go make a movie. To which he said, ah! And one weekend later, we have this movie. <laughs> the secret origin of vampires versus zombies. So, uh, this movie was actually the vengeful spirit that was released from Al Capone's vault. <laughs> And lo, did it seek to raise our mightiest towns. <laughs> so, so the the gas station attendant starts biting up on New Zealander guy. Yeah. We get a flashback to the way that the, the the gas station guy got bitten, which was as he was turning the key to the right, uh, Carmilla pranced behind him? Yeah, I would say more like skipped up. Yeah. <laughs> In any case. And gently touched her fangs to his neck, causing a like Arto 50s... style jet of blood. Yeah, <laughs> it's like someone was right behind them with just a ketchup squeezy bottle. Yeah. Yeah, or like a soda gun. <laughs> right. I'm, I swear to God it's ketchup and water. Uh, and a lot of water. Like, it's ketchup <laughs> packets and water. They get, yeah, well, that, that's because they, they had to feed the crew by going to Tim Hortons. Yeah, right. And then at the, every time they'd go, it'd be like, so can we get uh, can we get another couple of packets of ketchup there, eh? <laughs> eh? Like, maybe, I don't know, 60, 70? I we promise, really I'm, like not, fries. I'm not using it to <laughs> make a shitty potato movie. Yeah. <laughs> Savory. So, uh, uh, so it cuts back to... To the general, I think? Yeah, the general gets pulled yeah. over by police? No, 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 no that's... No. The general... No, because he has to... This has to end. <laughs> no, no, I'm remembering. I'm remembering. The general, the general has like a phone call with, with Baldi Fontaine. Yeah. yeah. Where they, they confirm they're both going to the same places. The general is at the, ga- the gas station, and he gets the fastest windshield repair in human history. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, so, it, yeah, it, somehow, I can't remember exactly how, but the scene cuts away from the gas station after the New Zealand time traveler It's got probably bit. just more shots of pine trees, John. <laughs> Likely, and a shitload of doors. Yeah. So many doors. So it cuts 
cuts back to the gas station. The general has just had his windshield repaired, and we have a, a yet another gas station attendant. Yeah. No, but this gas station attendant is Jeff somebody. It's Jake. Zombie Slayer. <laughs> Jake Schaefer, Zombie Slayer. So it he's, kinda rhymes. So uh, Zombie Slayer is waxing the windshield? Yeah, that just got to clean Yeah, it and up. the general's like, now you be careful with that windshield. That's a $200 windshield. Look at this thing. I hit this thing, bounce right off the hood, broke my windshield, spider webbed it. Look at the shit it left on my car. Get that for me. And then the guy literally goes, Squeak. The tiniest little wipe. He's like, yeah, that'll do all right. And it, well, it's quite an adventure you've had, my friend. It's time for me to walk out of frame and cut to the next scene. Because oh. then, then the lady's going to pull up. Yes, that is yeah. the next yeah. scene. The Mustang, a Mustang pulls up. Yeah. One of the few non-Jeep vehicles. And so we've got dark-haired witch who flagged down the Fontaines in the previous encounter. And pawned Carmilla off on them. Yes. Yeah, and now uh, we've got this other blonde lady that they the other blonde lady, tied up. Exactly. She is the missing beauty queen of the uh, posters in the gas station fame. And she says something along the lines of, you know, what's going on? What am I doing? And uh, dark-haired witch lady says... Don't worry, soon your purpose here will be revealed. revealed. Then the general comes by is like, Oh, it's you again! And then starts throwing bows like... <laughs> yeah. Starts throwing elbows like Charles Barkley in the 93 finals <laughs> against the bows. Yes, he has clearly studied Krav Maga because there's a lot of elbow movement in this yeah. fighting style. Is Krav Maga uh, Israeli for Charles Barkley? Yes. Because there's that's exactly what he's doing. He's throwing fat guy rebound bows all over the place. <laughs> Nailing people. So he runs up recognizing Beauty Queen and, and thinks that she's Carmilla and says, you gave my daughter the bite. And the witch comes up and says, what do you think you're doing? Yeah, I got no beef with you, lady. I'm after the vampire. And so she says, well, then go ahead and take her. And then he does? And then they drive (laughs) off. And then they drive off. Though, though, don't worry. We see them get into the car. Yes. (laughs) We see the car drive away. The incredibly laborious getting into the car. Then Jake Schaefer, zombie slayer. No, no, no. Before that happens, we've got the dark-haired witch goes into the gas station, pulls out some beef jerky. The zombie slayer says, is that everything? Just the jerky, ma'am? And some gas. I'll be right back. And goes back outside. Then he comes out. They talk a little bit, and he's just like, oh, so you're going to fill up the car? And she goes, Well, it was because the, the general had sabotaged her car, oh, and right. Jake had like, seen the, the, the confrontation. Right. Because he yeah. blew out the tire, and Jake's like, let well, me Well, no, 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 you guys, you're, you're burying the lead. So the, the, <laughs> the entire exchange warrants repeating, because it is uh, Shakespearean in its construction. Uh, so Jake says, oh, my God, lady, are you all right? She says, I could have destroyed him at any time. I let him do that. You let him do that? (laughs) Yes, it's all part of my plan. But why am I telling you this? I don't know. I guess I've got that kind of face. You are cute. Anyway, you want me to patch the tire in your car? What car? Cut to no more car! <laughs> Disappeared! Disappeared to Copperfield shit. Which means either one of three things. Number one, the car was stolen in the four seconds she was having this conversation with Jake Schaefer, Zombie Slayer. Number two, she made the car disappear with her magic witch powers. Number three, there never was a car! It is the ghost of a car! <laughs> 
that's the Flying Dutchman of cars. Some people say if you listen real quiet, you can hear the confusion of that car to this very day. Vroom. So uh, Jake says, boy, I must be seeing things. Goes back into the gas station, which does not make sense. Jake should know there was a car. She asked for gas. Goes also, back into the gas station, is, and now there's a pile of bodies behind the counter! He's inexplicably working a gas station with a pile of bodies. I, I can only assume that he killed. We've got the body of time traveling. Uh, no, 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 not. Uh, we've got the body of Bob and the previous gas station attendant. So I guess gas station attendants work like Highlanders, where if you kill one, <laughs> there can you be, take his place. <laughs> right. It's the only one, John. Yeah. He's got to be there now. That's how I got that job at the BP last year. <laughs> Beheading that guy. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of lightning, which sucked because it fucked up the pumps for a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then you know what? 15% off gas, yo! And some sweet Freddie Mercury tracks. <laughs> So cut to our our three travelers, the Fontaines and Carmilla. Uh, the car breaks down because it's out of engine fluid. Yeah, it's out of it cool. overheats yeah. because it's out of. Cool. But Fontaine specifically calls it engine fluid because then Carmilla says, "Are you sure there's no engine fluid in the trunk?" Yes, but because the person who wrote this has never heard <laughs> humans talk, what he meant was coolant because there's no such thing as engine fluid. Again, Vince D'Amato has only been part of our world for a mere six hours at this point. There's a lot to take in. Uh, now, he's very reluctant to open the back of the car. He won't do it. Uh, which, strangely enough, somehow this does pay off later. Yeah. In fact, speaking of payoff, we're going to get one of our biggest mysteries answered at this point as they're waiting for someone to come by that they can flag down for help. Uh, Fontaine and daughter Fontaine are talking and Fontaine asks, Hey, when you were talking to that woman in that gas station, she whispered something. What did she whisper in your ear? And what she whispered was, in regards to the necklace... It was the necklace of just, I, you know, I didn't want to take it because it looked handmade. It looked really expensive. I felt bad about taking it. And she said, don't worry. I got a whole bunch of them. <laughs> That's Boom. it. The Golden. slow, the slow, like slow motion, like zoom in uh, importance of the it's scene. shot like the reveal of Kaiser Sose. Listen, uh, somewhere, somewhere in someone's brain, that was funny. Here's the thing. I have seen this movie with several groups of people over the 12 years that it's been in my possession. Every single time we get to this reveal, it is growls of guttural primal anger <laughs> at the sheer amount of time and attention this yeah. dumb non-mystery has taken up. Yep. So then that Jeep shows up. <laughs> Papa Fontaine Papa Fontaine is trying to stop him because he's doing being too gentle. So Carmilla gets out and just like waves and shakes her hand and uh, time traveling New Zealander gets out and oh he's got the frother mouth oh no yeah he's got the bite so uh yes yes she gave me the bite back there yeah, in the bathroom uh yeah. yeah so now I've got the bite and uh there's the uh, blood so we gotta go is. through we gotta go through attendance and uh Mary present bite present good <laughs> excellent 
Uh, so Brit, call back, call Brit, call back. Brit, do you have the bite? <laughs> Jermaine, do you no, have the bite? No, I don't have the bite. No, I don't have the bite. All right then, uh, Greg. Greg, back there, do you have the bite? No, Marie, I. I don't have the bite. This is some strong Flight of the Concords <laughs> references, guys. Guys, this is all out of my Flight of the Concords spec script that I'm going to be taking to Hollywood, California, where my, my writing career awaits. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, Fontaine is holding down New Zealand time-traveling vampire... Um, fucking daughter Fontaine shoves a crowbar through his forehead? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, through his forehead and out the back of his head. Then, for good measure, they hacksaw his head off. Yeah. They hacksaw his head off and then put his body in the back of the Jeep and cover it with trash bags. Then the police show up. <laughs> yeah. And then the police. In the middle of the zombie apocalypse where we have seen, like, practically fucking nobody. There's eight. As far as we know, there's, like, nine people alive. Yeah. Right. And Carmilla is quick to point this out. Nobody for hours, and now all of a sudden, it's Grand Central fucking station in here? Because she was gonna get a swear word in there come hell or high water. You gotta earn that R rating, bro. (laughs) Uh, Man, back in 2003, I was dropping F-bombs all over the place. Exactly, but I bet you dropped them a little more strategically than in the middle of two random words. Well, no, but that has a lot to do with how I was, like, 17 at the time. Sure. Fucking... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so the cop rolls the cop, up the cop, and the cop who, is dark haired witch I, I still don't know if it is supposed to be dark haired witch or if they just hired the same actor to play two different it's roles it's definitely dark haired witch, witch because yeah. she's wearing trinity sunglasses yeah. from the Matrix. <laughs> right. and clearly she's trying to get them to the place where they're all going to die Yes, assuming that any of this actually happened so we'll, she, we'll get to that later god damn it. so she oh my god so she, she like basically is like, I got a thing of coolant I'll give you, and everything's okay. She's well, the only one they, that knows it's called fucking coolant. As they frantically cover up most of a dead body with two garbage bags. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she gives them the coolant. She drives off as slow as humanly possible, like everybody else. They fill up the Jeep, and this is where the ca- they build a caravan. Baldy Fontaine gets this Jeep Cherokee <laughs> yeah. and gets off while Jenna and uh, Carmilla, Carmilla get into the Jeep Wrangler and they follow closely behind dead body in the the, the mini trunk. Yeah. Uh, so they're driving. Uh, Carmilla is doing the driving. Cut to the general. Yes. The general is talking some shit to the tied up lady in the back of his car. And it's basically just like, now you listen to him, me here, you dumb, you fucking lady. I'm, you killed you kill my daughter and I'm going to get me people back, man. Well, that's when she finally reveals, hey, did you get a look at those wanted posters back there? I'm the missing beauty queen. He stops the car, pulls over. Uh, beauty queen reveals that she's part of this weird, complicated plan to act as a decoy for Carmilla. Yeah, because yeah, he has a cell phone conversation with Baldy Fontaine, and Baldy Fontaine's like, "No, man, I got the real Carmilla." Yeah, and so then he's like, "He's like, all right." So he untie, cuts her like ropes, unties her. He's like, "You're still mouthy like a vampire, whatever that means." Yeah, uh, even for a beauty queen, you're pretty snooty. Yeah, because yeah. beauty queens are known for their down to earth. And also, you know what? If there's anyone, you know, you tie someone up in your backseat, you strike them over the head with a tire iron, you expect a certain amount of respect. Yeah. yeah really? You don't expect them to be uh, ingracious and yeah. mouthy. No, yeah. should have been, uh, uh, what do you call it, pacified by his elbows. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Santa Rogers gets out and he leans on his car and pulls out a, one of his giant, like... A stogie. One of his Cigars. giant... His big 
horn dick stogie. <laughs> his fucking Rocco Cifaretti Peter North giant fucking cock stogie and just starts to light it. Beauty Queen comes out and it turns out, oh shit, she's also a vampire. Damn it, John. She just has the bite. <laughs> so they, they fight a little bit, by which I mean he elbows her, then hits her with a fucking pipe. She breaks, she she uh, leans down and starts reaching into her mouth and she goes, you asshole, you broke my fucking tooth. To which he retorts, well, we're about even. You broke my fucking cigar. Yeah. <laughs> then immediately forgets they're in the middle of a fight and just leans against his car. Right. It's, just, it's the most casual fight I've ever seen. Like, if he lands a blow, he's like, all right, shit's done. I'm going to go back to just pissing off. And well, by landing like, a blow, we mean gently shoving the face of the yeah. opponent. It's kind of like the complete antithesis of the put on the sunglasses fight from They Live. Yeah. Because <laughs> that move, that, that fight is like six minutes long and it's all fucking fight with little bits of rest like you would. This is all rest with little, little bits, bits of fight, fight every now and then. Oh, man. So uh, the beauty queen gets stabbed by a stake and she leans against a window uh, delivering the great line of, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Again, she's one. more insulted than mortally wounded. And then the the general just drives away. No, no, no. he takes out a an axe. Oh, that's right. And cuts her head off through the back window where her head bounces through the window through the seats of the car. That's true. It's pretty because brutal. they paid for six panes of sugar glass, and they're gonna use six, six panes of sugar Whoa, glass. Oh man! Yeah. Then it cuts back to. Our, our our intrepid caravan. Uh, <laughs> Jenna and Carmilla pull over because the sun is just getting to Jenna. Yeah. They just need a break. And this is when the movie pulls <laughs> what I would consider a, left yeah, turn. A, a 180 degree like right, this Tokyo Dream style <laughs> spin around. Yeah, this is the equivalent of going into the box in Mulholland Drive. Yeah, Whoa. this is the part where the movie goes, oh yeah, lesbian vampire. <laughs> Carmilla very aggressively comes on to Jenna, who's not really into it. Her move is to just stare at Jenna. Yeah. yeah. Very intensely. And Jenna says, oh, do I have a, something on my face? What is it, a booger? And then they just start making out. They start making out. And then the next thing you know. Jenna pulls <laughs> off her sweater. Yeah. Drops and, it outside. And, and Carmilla's going to town on her vagina. She, it, the, the movie, out of nowhere, is just like, hey, you thought I'm Vista model. <laughs> you know, uh, realistic kind of long guy scene don't really show up a lot of films, but I think that you know, I think that we really had to do something about that. And Vince D'Amato seems to think that the entirety of Cunnilingus is just gently kissing the interior of the woman's thigh. Yeah, or rubbing <laughs> rubbing your that crown of your head uh, against the outer vagina. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. It. Hey, he, Cinemax didn't pay for these actors. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, it it cuts back to the like dream sequence from the beginning, where oh no, uh, Carmilla seems to be doing the exact same. Action as that weird vampire from the, bad the dream, dream sequence, and then a bad dream? Jenna knows. Jenna wakes up, implying that that had also been a dream. Yes. Yeah, the implication is that's a dream. And However, then she is disturbed to find that her period has started. 
She learns this by touching her crotch and showing Carmilla the blood. <laughs> Show, showing Carmilla the blood or showing the audience the blood? <laughs> oh, we all get to see it, really. Yeah. Then Carmilla's like, ew, gross. Put a tampon on. She's like, fine if I have to. And Carmilla hands her an unwrapped tampon. Yeah. That's uh, so incredibly unsanitary. Oh, man, it's Canada. Because you know it's just... bags up there. Well, because you know it's just like, it's been rolling around in her purse and it's touching money and keys and all the things that have like pee, poo, and coke on them. Just <laughs> terrible. The, so, so then she runs into the woods, squats down. Yeah, Jenna the- runs into the woods with the open tampon, uh, squats, lifts up her skirt, and oh no. She got vampire bite marks on her inner thigh. Yes, she bum, does. Bum, bum, bum. So what part of it was the dream? I don't know. We, no, we, nobody does. We never <laughs> will. So it cuts is this when it cuts to the flashback? The bad? Yeah. Then there's now dark haired witch lady, Brinkus Stevens, is outside of a house. She's wearing. Like uh, Stevie Nicks' white cloak? Yeah, yeah well. It's with, like a, uh, with Padme Amidala from Attack of the Clones midriff showing white upper costume? Yeah, and she just keeps going bath up at a window. And this seems to be a flashback or a dream sequence. Oh, God, this has my favorite shot in the entire movie where they want to get the moon in frame, right? Because it's a big, spooky, full moon. So first the camera goes too far up. Then it goes too far down. Then it gets just right, but the moon is out of focus. So it focuses in on the moon, hits it perfectly, and just keeps focusing until it is back (laughs) out of focus. Then, realizing his mistake, the camera operator focuses the other way, and it gets slightly more in focus and then just cuts. Out of pure frustration. (laughs) She yells it can do. It is like the movie equivalent of your dad trying to set up the DVR. Listen, you only get to take shots of the moon for like three seconds or something. If you miss it once, there's no second take. I'm surprised that in this movie it didn't have just like the like blinking twelve o'clock signal in the bottom right hand of the entire film. Like it's that incompetent. The red dot in the REC. Yeah. <laughs> so they the the and this is probably a dream maybe Who knows? where we see Jenna uh, has been bitten a bunch of times by a vampire she's very sick a doctor comes in and he squirts a giant syringe for the growing glowing green goo it into is her straight yeah. out of the movie poster for the reanimator right? yeah it's exactly that prop however uh, as he explains it's a little herbal cocktail yeah. <laughs> Then something, something. she goes up to the to the tub and put the tub is filled with a dark green viscous goo. Is it filled though? No. What it is is somebody <laughs> just duct tapes some saran wrap to the top and then poured about an inch of goo into oh, it. Too. Yeah. Because uh, goo is expensive, guys. Goo is super expensive. I don't know if you've been to Goo Depot lately, but the prices are up. Look, it's me, Vince D'Amato. My ma was worried we was going to stay in a tub. So I said, ma, don't worry. We'll do some movie magic. (laughs) I'm glad that no tubs were harmed in the filming of this movie. I'd be sad. Jenna runs downstairs where her dad is reading a book and says, Dad, there's something in the tub. But uh uh-oh, the goo on her hand is now red instead of green. And instead of goo, it's ketchup and water. So they run up to the tub and who's in there but the dismembered corpse of the very doctor that was sent there to hell. Wearing a mask of himself (laughs) with no eyes. With no eyes. Yeah. 
Uh, then cut to Jenna again waking up. <laughs> And them uh, coming up on a dead uh, on a, a soldier holding a, a AR-15 or, or an AK, something. some big ass assault gun that they bought at Props R Us. R is backwards, so you know it's legit. <laughs> and they just spend about five minutes poking and prodding this guy to make this sure. is make no mistake. This is the vampire versus the zombie. Yes. Yeah. The zombie has been staked to the heart. To, Inexplicably. Uh, which is to note, we find out that stakes to the heart for zombies just stop them. Yeah. They just stop cold. It's kind of like tonic immobility where you take a shark and you roll it onto its, like, over onto its back and then you rub its belly and then it just, like, paralyzes itself. <laughs> That's a real thing. So when you stake a zombie through the heart, it goes... And then just kind of stands there. Yeah, it kind of goes to sleep a little bit. They just shove it around like like someone poking at a, a fucking guard at Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Yeah, and then they flick, Carmilla flicks the stake the rest of the way through the zombie, and he disappears into his clothes yeah. like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. Full-on Wicked Witch of the West. And that is it. Gone. That is the vampire versus the zombie. Yeah, the they, titular uh, battle. Then they take a good long shot of those ladies walking back to that car. And we see that door open. Because, oh, I mean, Christ. how else could she get into that Jeep? And she gets into the Jeep. And then we watch that door. No, open. they get to the Jeep. And then she goes, do you mind if I drive? <laughs> yes. Then they both yes. get out of the Jeep. Yes. Walk back around. Switch places. <laughs> and then drive. Literally make go 10 feet longer and then make a left into where they're going. Yeah. Uh, the creepiest Howard Johnsons you've ever seen. Um, uh, so they meet Big Papa. Fontaine. Baldi Fontaine. Baldi Fontaine. Baldi Fontaine. So they've arrived at the destination. By the way, Baldi Fontaine, Steve Prefontaine's uncle. Oh. Uh, we'll the, be, but, uh, the Billy Crudup Steve Prefontaine, not the Jared Leto one. Just uh, so you know. Obviously, okay. obviously. Enough, Let's never speak enough. of Jared Leto again. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> uh, so they have finally arrived at the destination that they've been going to all movie. So the movie must be almost over, right, guys? No. Right? No. No. Right? No. <laughs> no, instead they completely ignore the door that's right in front of them and walk up a giant series of stairs. Into they walk up a flight of stairs into the ground level of a building. <laughs> of a building, yeah. That right. was they, a church is now a convent. And yes, sits atop an old timey crypt. Yes, yeah. So uh, Fontaine says, "I'm going to go down and check out the basement." Carmilla says, "Hey, is it cool if we just wander around unsupervised?" Yeah, sure. Even though I, Fontaine, know that you, Carmilla, are a vampire. And that that is my daughter. That anyway, have with. fun. Whatever. Anyway, Carmilla and Jenna walk into a room, and Carmilla again puts the moves on Boy, Jenna. It's so gross. But this one's even grosser because Jenna no, says. This is, this is gross, not in the way of like, sexuality is fine. That's fine. This is not to be like homophobic or make any kind of judgments on that call. It is gross. Because Carmilla has, is just like every sleazy guy at a bar ever. <laughs> well, Jenna says no a bunch of times, and then Carmilla specifically says, "Your protestations are getting weaker." No, it's, by it's the even minutes. better. It's, it's uh, please. Your protests are already less than half-hearted. Yeah. Which yeah. is the equivalent of saying, well, if you don't say no hard enough, I guess it means a yes. And then... And for then, Carmilla, it does. And yeah, and then this time, 
Jenna does not take her top off. Carmilla takes her top off. <laughs> nice. And this is how this movie got its way all the way up to two stars. <laughs> On the Patrick Bromley patented yeah. ratings. Of so, surprise boob. It's automatic. Uh, Carmilla kisses right beneath the uh, the vampire bite marks, making like leaving a lipstick ring like a little smiley face on her inner thigh. Cut Cut to to brand new subplot! (laughs) Yes. Is this where we get the feet walking? I think this is... I mean, it's as good a time as any to talk about that scene. So now, all of a sudden, we're in a mental institution and Jenna is a patient there. Carmilla is a nurse who's still trying to make out with a patient even creepier. No, While shooting her up with more goo. Yeah. She, uh, Carmilla is a nurse in the sense that the hooker they hire in Ferris Bueller's day off as a nurse. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, except this, except Carmilla doesn't sing. Um, and so Thank now, God. Oh, I don't know. I think a musical number could alive in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so now we see that maybe this whole movie has been the hallucination of Jenna while she's been in the like mental, mental institution. Because right. we cut to. Fontaine talking to the doctor who we previously saw as a corpse in the bathtub, now very much alive, saying, oh my god, I've never seen a virus destroy someone's sanity like that. Fontaine says, of his own daughter, yeah, she's fucking nuts. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Dude! Have some fucking sympathy for your <laughs> child, <laughs> dime store Rob Cordry. But now I guess cut to the crypt. Now we're in the crypt, <laughs> yeah. and then somehow all of a sudden Jenna has super Resident Evil powers. Yeah, we cut to the crypt where Fontaine is looking for Curly's gold. Yeah, he's got a flashlight and a map, and he passes by Carmilla, who is both topless and illuminated. But he doesn't see her or know anything about it and nor does her presence being there have any impact on anything that's about to happen (laughs) no then because he finds what he's looking for and then he casually walks the fuck back out yeah Yeah. and then Jenna has a fight well Jenna is asleep in the bed that she was left on by Carmilla right wakes up and then wakes up to a zombie that's been like caressing her head lovingly yes and then she proceeds to have like have super like Mia Jovovich from Resident Evil yeah. like fight powers. She like kicks it a couple of times and then punches all the way through the skull. It's pretty great. Yeah, actually, I'm not gonna lie, no. that's an awesome death. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, yeah, just got green like it's got like the fucking uh, green slime from you can't do that on television. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. somebody said why. Yeah. Um, and then so she uh, arises victorious from her uh, battle with a zombie, only to enter the hallway and see oh no. Oh, there's like four zombies now. And they're, Seven, at least. And they're all dressed like Britney Spears from the Baby One More Time video. And one of them. White, white, like, button-up shirts tied up above the navel and with cap tartan skirts. Yeah. And all but one of them are men in wigs. Yes. <laughs> all but one. The one of them who is a woman has absolutely no zombie makeup on her whatsoever. No, yeah. she's just a little pale. <laughs> she's just a little shambling. So, uh, Jenna is like, oh, shit. But then her tactical training kicks in. And she so runs. we see her we see her running through the hallway, then cut to a shot revealing what she was running to, which was directly into the pack of zombies, where she promptly lays down on the floor. She manages to fight a few of them off until Baldy Fontaine shows up. Oh god. Baldy Fontaine <laughs> shows up. And then also on top of that. 
not from him, a disembodied voice from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Says, what does he say? Look, Look what, what I, I found. found. And, and then he's got not a chainsaw. It's not a it's chainsaw. It's like a limb trimmer. <laughs> it, yeah. It is definitely like a limb trimmer uh, that sounds like a chainsaw. Yeah. Uh, and also makes sword fight noises. <laughs> I don't know. Because he stabs. It's literally going, king, king, king. Yeah. Uh, fighting against apparently the adamantium bones of the zombies. I don't know. He proceeds to chop up one zombie at a time. Uh, then move on to another one that's still writhing around. Oh god! My but then favorite. that other one would get back up again. My favorite though is one of the zombies realizes what's going on and just decides to play dead. Yeah. Uh, are we sure it decides to play dead, or is it like that Ewok in Return of the Jedi who <laughs> dies of heartbreak when the other Ewok dies? Just goes and just kind of leans over. Uh, so all the zombies have now been dispatched by this incredible hedge trimmer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then. They get up. Uh, they get up, and the general has been there yeah, the whole time. He's now there. He just walks by frame and says, "All right, guys, let's go down to the crypt. No need to explain my presence in this scene." Well, yeah. they—that's not true because before they go down into the crypt, they got to talk about his daughter. They got to talk about the general's daughter, and yeah, then the what general, do you know? He goes into the trunk of that car, and there's his fucking daughter with, with a stake in her heart. heart. And then he's like, "You so bitch, I'll kill you for this." You killed my daughter. You explain why you got my dead daughter in your trunk. He's like, she's not dead. We just had to stop her. Stop her. Stop her. Is the line delivery? So he pulls the stake. He pulls the stake out of his daughter. Slams it into Baldy Fontaine. Oh yeah, Baldy took it right. It's a big fight. Then the daughter gets up and starts attacking the general. The general's fighting his daughter. Then there's like five minutes where the general and the daughter just stare longingly at one While another. While Jenna scoops up the broken amulet and wraps it in like packing tape. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the small, yeah, the smallest piece. Yeah, because Fontaine uh, says we got to get this stake out of my heart. And Jenna, whoa, are you sure, Dad? Yeah, it's the only one we've got left. No, those. That's called raising the stakes. Yeah. All yeah, you buddy. aspiring screenwriters out there. It's also while when I had a car, I kept my trunk full of sharpened broom handles. <laughs> like, I had 30 or 40 of them sons of bitches. So, uh, yeah, Jenna goes and wraps up the remnants of the amulet in some packing tape. General slams uh, daughter general onto the hood of the <laughs> yeah. car. Yeah, they, lieutenant, we'll call her. They they force the amulet into her mouth like, like you're trying to get your dog to take its prescription yeah. medicine. Uh, that that girl gets teabagged with an amulet. Yeah. The amulet, like, it, she seems to then start, like, bleeding out the back of her head as if the amulet, like, dissolved the back of her skull. Yeah. Yes. It's like a plumb line. She just kind of drops it into her throat and it goes all the way through her neck or whatever. Yeah, then they throw the body on the ground. The general yanks the stake out of Baldy Fontaine's bot chest. Yeah. And then they're like, we're born feelings, let's go in the crypt. And then everybody's okay. Pew, pew, and they go pew, down to the crypt. They go into the crypt, they find a tiny piece of metal that they dislodge, and then Carmilla shows up, and then... Att- well, yeah, because they've, they've found... Uh, it's very important. They have found, they found Carmilla's grave. Yeah, they have found the head vampire's grave, like, a la Lost Boys, mm-hmm. and they've opened it up. They never show what's inside no. the casket. They couldn't, for they couldn't afford Kiefer yeah. Sutherland. Right. Yeah. Uh, General pours some blue liquid in. Uh, Jenna asks, what's that? He says, you'll see... Spoiler alert, we never see. No. This no. is because uh, Baldy Fontaine's like, 
Jenna, hold this steak for me. And she starts to get up to go around, but as it turns out, Carmilla's there. And she takes the steak and stabs Baldy Fontaine in the eye. And then Jenna uh, slams the back of the general's head with a slab of concrete. Yeah. Then they look at each other. It turns out they've been bad guys the whole time. <laughs> oh yeah! Those, just dropping some weird lethal weapon <laughs> bluesy guitar riffs, which makes sense because yeah. that's what happens when sad things happen, right? Right. Oh man! And then they get out. They have a brief dialogue exchange where it's just like, "What is it over?" And Carmilla says thoughtfully, "I have no fucking idea." Yeah. Then they get in the car <laughs> and they drive away. They drive away. Cut to the asylum. Oh, we're back. We're back in Ward A. Uh, Baldy Fontaine is waiting in the hallway. Doctor rushes out, says, Uh, sir, a bit of a, a situation has arisen. Your daughter ran off with one of the nurses. Oh, no. Cut to a motel. Cut to Carmilla uh, uh, coming up to the door of the motel where Jenna's standing. She's like, you're still here. And she's like, what, did you think I was going to leave you? <laughs> they go in the motel. There is no light. This is where, the, <laughs> this is where the, the shitty digital quality of the film really takes hold. Because now it's everything's reduced to four giant black pixels. Yeah, yeah it is nothing but artifacts. Yeah. Uh, while Jenna goes into the bathroom for a hot second to, like, wash her face. No, we clearly hear a toilet flush. She was yeah. taking a poop. Okay, I mean, well. Well, the very fast poop. Uh, Carmilla is slowly unbuttoning her shirt and, like, mashing her boobs together for proper cleavage showing. Mm -hmm. Then they come out and they're like, oh, like they're about to do another long, truncated cunnilingus scene. And then out of nowhere, like, 12 zombies (laughs) are surrounding them. Mm -hmm. The zombies uh, rip out Jenna's liver and start eating it. They uh, hold... Carmilla down on the bed and plunge both hands into her abdomen while her out her, her guts. Right, while her stuff, like yeah. breasts covered in a bra are showing. It's very exploitative. Then we cut to after the fact and her bra's gone. <laughs> so zombies yeah, okay. ate or so, stole the bra. There's a lot of very quick cuts because it's twist upon twist. So the zombies are eating the entrails of Carmilla and Jenna, cut back to the ward where door number 1A is being closed, cut back to the motel where there's just a guy facing away from the camera as we see the two corpses, cut to the Book of the Dead closing, emblazoned the end on it. (laughs) Then credits. Credits set to Dropkick Murphy-style bagpipe punk ska music. Yeah, if if the first, if the first, the opening zone was Shrub Rombie. Yeah, this is the crossbody block (laughs) O'Neill. Hey guys, we're uh, Boston's finest. We're gonna play you some big pipes. <laughs> big punk rock. Ah, <laughs> uh, wicked smart. I'm not even from Boston. I'm from Camden, Mass. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to do a Boston accent. But I can do this. This is pretty nice. Yeah, hey, how great. are you? you Coming down here with my, my, my drunk kick Memphis. So this is, where, this is where each uh, actor, because there's only like six, gets their own title card and a little flashback of yeah. their best scene in the right. movie. This is where we learn the identity.
identity of Zack Schaefer, Vampire Slayer. Zombie Slayer. Because he is turned away from the camera as he puts on sunglasses and a cool trench coat as if it's like a Nick Fury-esque Easter egg drop. (laughs) Like it's supposed to connect to the grander cinematic universe for the real fans to go, oh. But now, And this is also where we find out that Dark-Haired Witch is played by Brinkie Stevens. Oh my god, please. Now, Give I want to share this with you. Biography. Before we get into bullet points, Brinkie Stevens, uh, still, still, still alive, um, a former model, actress, writer, uh, born in San Diego, California, uh, ni- uh, September 20th, 1954. This is via the Wikipedia page. It even has a picture of her signature. She's one of the great, like, scene <laughs> scream Sorry. queens. I just, I love that Wikipedia has her signature, lest you go on eBay and buy some bootleg sign stuff. <laughs> you never know, man. So this is what her, this is the first paragraph uh, under early life. Uh... Stevens has studied several foreign languages, including Esperanto, and gained a Bachelor of Science in Biology and Psychology from San Diego State University and a Master of Science in Marine Biology from Scripps Institution of Oceanography, La Jolla, California. Seems seems legit. Yeah, right. seems what, like what kind of what career. kind of uh, research is she into? She clearly must have authored a few papers. In well, her this time. is where it takes a little bit of a, a turn, John. Initially intending to study dolphin communication, she was instead tossed out of scripts for doing, and I quote, "forbidden research <laughs> on dolphin communication, largely to do with the Navy's use of dolphins in undersea weapons research at the time." <laughs> God, so she was weaponizing dolphins, yes, and that got was. her kicked out of science. Oh, no. Okay. More likely than not, she was trying to save the dolphins from being weaponized, and the man kicked her out of science. <laughs> she then properly dressed up as Vampirella at the San Diego Comic-Con, was seen by the creator of Vampirella, then she was briefly married to the guy who created The Rocketeer, the Rocketeer. and then became an actress in Scream Queen movies. Nice. It's a whole roller coaster of a life. Yeah. Well, that's the end of Vampires vs. Zombies. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not. And then we're uh, we're gonna get to some bullet points with bullet points. <laughs> bullet points. And we are back with our very first bullet point body count. <laughs> body counts. John, what do you think the body count of this movie is? Now, here's a very important question. Do dream sequences count? Yes. Everything has to count. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd, be, it, it would, it'd either be all or none, John. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say five. Patrick, body count. Six? Great. Just like this movie's not commercially available to just about everybody, neither is the body count. So you're both right? Or we're all wrong because the ending is very unclear yeah. as to what had happened. Who knows? Yeah, so the body count is anywhere between one and, let's say, a million. And a million. Easy. So, yeah, congratulations, guys. Great work. <laughs> work everybody. Uh, going by Price is Right rules, we've all wasted our time. <laughs> going by Price is Right rules, you all played Let's Make a Deal. Let's <laughs> move on to our next bullet point, Best Kill. Kill! 
Mark, best kill. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. I'm going Jenna punching her fist through a goddamn zombie's face. Uh, it is the coolest fucking kill in the movie. It's the one effect that kind of pays off. She literally punches through a face. Her hand comes out behind the skull. You see viscera and goo and ooze. And it's so satisfying that there is literally... 98 frames of this movie that are like worth watching. <laughs> uh, John, best kill. So when they're in the convent after they've cleaned up the big pile of zombies and the general just shows up as if he's been there the whole time, a random vampire jumps up behind him, makes a noise like a cat. He elbows her out of existence. <laughs> he elbows her and she just vanishes. He materializes. The general is actually a paladin. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Those elbows do holy damage. He does divine smite with the elbow. I, I like it. Oh, Patrick, best kill. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the opening kill. The zombie who is hit by a Jeep Cherokee Where it's and turns cl- into three zombies before smashing back together as one with Where it rolling back around. The three zombies are all clearly a mixture of scarecrows and mannequins. Yeah, right? Right? <laughs> Yeah, they went and they found a, a busted up old Kmart. <laughs> and it's like the, the very early work of ragdoll physics and games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that uh, sums up that one. Uh, there really can't be said to be any war crimes in this film as uh, it has a very, a very small scope in nature. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for us to once again dig back deep into that well. We're talking favorite mall restaurants. You got them all, and we got restaurants. There's already a plug. There's already like a sound effect for yeah. John. That was unnecessary. Yeah, we already There's got There's no mall restaurants. There's restaurants in the mall. Let's go. You'd you know Ooh. that if you if you listen. Well, oh, I don't subscribe to this. <laughs> I know. This is all nonsense and gibberish. Well, that's it. One listen, we're not getting a week. Great. Patrick, favorite mall restaurant? Cinnabon! Yeah! Because <laughs> they gave me Cinnabons for free. I ate so much Cinnabon, I never paid. Damn, those samples were the best, though. Wait, what? Yeah, the Cinnabon at my mall would let you have a little toothpick Cinnabon. And that- they just had it on a tray at the top of the line, and you could just go and get one and be like, mmm, Cinnabon, and then wander into Spencer's. And <laughs> so, what you're saying, well, first of all, let me just say this. I, 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 you never paid for a single Cinnabon? Your no, time? I don't think so, no. Oh, my God. I used to love Cinnabon. Oh, it's great. It was the only breakfast place in the mall that we had, <laughs> and I used to go to Cinnabon all the time. Uh, and what he would do is make sure you get a regular Cinnabon, then get extra frosting Ooh, on the side. Yeah. That guy knows what's up. Yeah. Also, I want to just say a quick thing about Spencer's gifts. Um, <laughs> what a hellhole. Guys, we've had a lot of fun at the expense of Spencer's gifts over the years, but now it's time to get a little real. Yeah. Well, so the other day we were in an Uber with our driver, and uh, she had made a mention of, like, D-bags going to, like, Spencer's gifts. Uh, and I was, and I, it kind of occurred to me that that's, like, the demarcation line for when you go from child to adult. 
Like when <laughs> when you can walk into you a stop. Spencer's one day and you go, look at all the cool stuff. They got dildos in the back. And then like the next day you walk into Spencer's gifts and you're like, what horse shit is this? <laughs> That's the day you can truly be said to be an adult. Right, here here right. is the progression. When you recognize that that dildo is pure novelty and yeah. not a sex toy. <laughs> the progression of mall stores to uh, coming of age is kid, KB Toys, yeah. Shitty dirtbag teenager, Spencer's gift, adult, don't ever go to a mall. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> there's like, no reason to. There's a subgroup there for Hot Topic in there somewhere. Uh, don't go to Hot Topic? <laughs> <laughs> there was a great tweet where there was uh, a picture of Hot Topic, and then right below it was a picture of Cool Topic, where it was just a lot of preppy polos and, like, <laughs> fucking Kenny G CDs. Ooh. Cold blood. John, favorite mall restaurant. Oh boy, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a popcorn stand that had (laughs) (laughs) it had three different kinds of popcorn. It had your regular butter, it had your caramel corn, it had your cheesy popcorn, and hey, if you asked them real nice, they'd mix all three into a big bucket for you. Nice. What's commonly known as Chicago style. I knew it as please mix all three popcorns for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Mark, favorite mall restaurant. Guys, I'm going to take you back a little bit. Oh, take me back. I'm going to take you back to the last full episode we had from Mortal Kombat. Patrick mentioned a place I don't think got enough love here. Yeah. Talking Ruby Tuesdays, oh, guys. Yeah, Ruby Tuesdays. Ruby Tuesdays, Applebee's for classy folk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Named after a Rolling Stone song and somehow slid right under. Nobody decided to sue them. Uh, <laughs> even when they used that dumb song and those dumb commercials. Guys, here's why Ruby Tuesdays was great. They used to have the one pound, pound. baked potato. Oh. Pound of baked potato, and that was just the potato. Oh. Giant mutant potatoes. <laughs> Where did they get them? It was like the mega leg of potatoes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> these giant freak potatoes. These fucking mutators uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's came good. out, that's and good. then like they, then you could just take it to the salad bar yeah. and put anything on the salad bar <laughs> on your one pound <laughs> potato and make a five pound potato, <laughs> which would sit next to your steak covered entirely by onion straws. Yeah. Oh, the onion straws. (laughs) You know a place is out to fatten your kids up when it gives you a one pound baked potato as a side. (laughs) Oh, Ruby Tuesdays, you're the best. Yeah. All right, moving on to our final bullet point. Is this an action (laughs) movie? Oh, God. Is this an action movie? John, is this an action movie? Two questions. Number one, do car doors opening and closing count as action sequences? No. Uh, does confusion count as action? Ish. Then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is absolutely... This movie is scientifically engineered to waste your time. <laughs> Patrick, is this an action movie? I don't know. This would struggle to be one of those like uh, one of those uh, post-it flipbook cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone a movie. Certainly not an action movie. Oh, so no. Okay, Mark, is this an action movie? It is most definitely not no. an action movie. It's barely like a narrative feature. <laughs> I, I think it's closer in point to like those old fifties like. 
uh, like volleyball films where it was just a way to show bouncing boobs to people in the theaters yeah. to the dads who like took an afternoon off from their wives to smoke cigars in the theater and watch nubile young ladies just like go boop ah, I know those things exist because one of them they show in the first Gremlins movie <laughs> yeah well so, I mean like Elvis made 30 of those yeah that's yeah. true he made one of them called Kissing Cousins yeah he did and I believe his cousin's played by Mary Tyler Moore I think it might be oh gross anyways uh, sorry Mary Tyler Moore and sorry to Elvis I guess uh, I am not sorry to Elvis that guy was a racist monster oh and he liked little girls so that's also yeah fuck Elvis yeah Elvis <laughs> was very much the original Michael Jackson like he would have like preteen girls over for slumber parties Oh, you mean yeah. he was actually like the later version of Gandhi, where he slept with a bunch of teenage girls. <laughs> right, right. Got it, I understood. Or another version of contemporary Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, it was right. big back then. Yeah, wow, okay. <laughs> Boy. Wow, guys, so the past is gross. Uh, <laughs> Super uh, gross. You know what, the present's gross. not great either. Yeah. Uh, and the future doesn't look too great. Um, you know what, uh, the future is so bright. I gotta not go there because it sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, please don't reference Tim Book 3 on my podcast ever again, John. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, so, final reviews for Vampires vs. Zombies. Patrick. Why, John? Why? John. I didn't make this movie. <laughs> Mark. Why, John? <laughs> Why? Uh, I think that about sums it up. So yeah. for Body Counts and Beer, I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm not John Rooney. I am John Rooney, and I don't take responsibility <laughs> for this movie. Uh, happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Even though Halloween will come after this, but yeah, still, same but thing. We Will we come after it again? There might be another thing in October. Maybe we'll do, like, uh, another... A cooler horror movie. Maybe we'll do like, uh, like, uh, uh, what's the Stephen King one with the cocaine? Maximum Overdrive. Maximum overdrive. Yeah, one, we'll do one. Cocaine the Movie next time. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. All right. So, Cocaine the Movie next time. Uh, we'll see you later. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Heads Are Gonna Roll Bromley, John Corpso Rama Rooney, and Mark Valley of the Rats Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are purveyed. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.